Hey, beautiful friends. Welcome to the Savor Podcast. We're so excited for you to join us today as we dive into the goodness of God together. Our hope is for you to be encouraged, challenged, and entertained as you listen to hosts Stacy and Suzanne, along with special guests as they have honest and real conversations about how to savor God's word as they grow in their relationship with Christ. We hope you'll encourage a friend or two to listen with you so you can keep the conversations going. We're all about community here. Welcome to another episode of the Saver Podcast. We are so glad that you tuned in today. Whether you are out uh, running errands or folding laundry, doing dishes, cooking dinner, or just sitting and listening, we are glad that you have joined us at the table today. Yes, welcome to another wonderful episode. What are we talking about? Oh, we have some great things in store for today. But before we jump into what we're talking about today... Uh, guys, I have to be honest, since we, you know, we're all a family here, I learned some things about Suzanne over the weekend. I learned two very important things about Suzanne over the weekend. You <laughs> tell me you were going to share this. <laughs> it's okay, Suzanne. Well, now you're going to have to tell them because they're like, what'd you learn? It's you, not exciting or, you know, or interesting even. It's fascinating, actually. <laughs> you know what I learned, don't you, Suzanne? I know one of the things you're going to say you learned because you like ribbed me for it a lot over the <laughs> in weekend. love in love you guys we were had the amazing opportunity to go down and to teach at a conference in Orlando Florida with these precious women it was wonderful it was such a weekend of abundance and God did a mighty thing but he also showed me some things about Suzanne so number one y'all Suzanne brushes her teeth a lot <laughs> it's not that much Suzanne before you left the hotel room Friday morning, how many times did you brush your teeth? Probably three. And we walked out of the hotel room at what time Friday morning? Oh, I don't know. 9.15? Yes. So you guys, three times from the time she got up until 9.15, she'd brushed her teeth three times. And at one point I said, are you brushing your teeth again, Suzanne? And she said, quote, my toothbrush was just sitting there and it was staring at me and I couldn't help it. <laughs> so... I, when I wake up in the morning, very first thing I do is brush my teeth. I don't understand if anybody does not do that. The first thing they wake up, I don't understand that because like you literally, maybe there's something wrong with me. I wake up and my mouth tastes like trash. Like I just can't stand it. And I don't want to drink my coffee like that. So I have to do that first thing. No, And then I'm not if there. I'm home after I have my coffee, I want to brush my teeth. So and it then, doesn't like stain it and like you get that old coffee taste. And then the third time was that was that was an extra time. I think I ate I ate breakfast after all that. Like you had brought up a little muffin or something, and I ate that. And then I was going to speak, so I didn't want to like have muffin in my teeth. That wasn't that was an extra abnormal <laughs> toothbrushing time. Okay. Anyway, you guys, we love her. We love her, and she has the cleanest teeth of anyone I have ever met in my life. Um, I'd love to hear how many times you guys brush your teeth before nine fifteen in the morning. So please. Let us know. Okay, second thing I learned about Suzanne, I love my dog, and I knew that Suzanne loved her dog, but it's a whole nother level of love. Y'all, she FaceTimed her dog. I did. I wanted to say hi. I know he missed me. I'm like his person. And it's a new dog, so you know it's got that new puppy love, and my kids are like old er. And they're never around. And like, I've been taking care of stuff since I was 17. Like, I gotta have, <laughs> I mean, that might, I, I might have something broken in me that I, I'm feeling with my dog. But yes, I love him. <laughs> yes. 
he is a really cute dog. We'll have to post a picture. We will post a picture of her sweet little Duke. Well, he's not really little anymore. Mm-mm. Will you let us post a current picture of Duke? No. Okay, Mm-mm. never mind. That's for a whole nother episode. My husband guys- tried to cut his hair and save money, and it, it was... He has no hair. So when he grows his hair back, maybe. Okay, there you go. Yeah, I bet his hair's growing fast, though. I know you missed your dog, too, Stacey. I did. Don't I pretend did. you didn't. I did. I do love my dog. I really do. I didn't think about FaceTiming her. I mean, we were on the opposite end. Like, I mean, I was on the phone with Jeremy, and he's like, here's your dog. And so I started talking to it. It oh, wasn't oh. like my dog has a phone, Stacey, and was like... <laughs> I thought... No, I really thought that you called Jeremy with the intention of FaceTiming the dog. That's not... See, so that makes a lot more sense. Okay. Thank you. Gosh, I'm glad I clarified that for you. I guess it just didn't cross my mind that you thought I intentionally was facetiming just the dog yeah i really literally thought you were calling just to facetime the dog so that feels much better now you're like we can oh. continue to be friends oh yeah. yeah yeah i mean i definitely when i'm away i want to see a picture of my dog yeah yeah see, for sure. you get it for sure i do love my dog okay so today we are kicking off a new series and we are going to be digging deep into the book of ephesians i love the book of ephesians Yes. Why'd you choose this book? Well, interestingly enough, um, it is where we are in our mentorship program. So for those of you who may not know, Suzanne, um, at our local church, we serve in a capacity where we um, mentor other women. We have other women who also come alongside of us and mentor. So right now, we are in a year-long mentorship program. There are about 18 of us, and we meet monthly, and we have different topics that we go over and discuss. And this month, we are really honing in on the book of Ephesians and the book of Colossians. And so as a group, we are reading these two books together. And so yesterday I was actually on the phone with a friend and her and I were just talking and catching up. And she said, oh man, I have to tell you, I'm studying the book of Ephesians. And I said, so am I. And I just love that. And so the more I kind of thought about that and was praying about what the Lord is doing, I really just think the church universal is called to press in and look into the book of Ephesians. And I think it's interesting that God has different people in my life in the book of Ephesians, studying it and reading it. And so I'm excited to see what he is going to show us anew in this book. Yeah, it's definitely um, one of those books that if if you only are going to read like the gospel and a few other books, Ephesians is probably one of those books in my very humble and... um, you know, that's my opinion, but... <laughs> yes, that's a good opinion. It's a rich book. It is. To be only six chapters, yeah. it is chock full of so much. I mean, mm-hmm. so much, so much Jesus, I think so that's much why practical. I love the epistles so much, the letters that Paul wrote, because they're short, super sweet, and to the point. And that's like, I think that's why I like them so much. Yes. Like, I know you're a big fan of Isaiah, but it is a long book. I was just going to say, I mean, if there's any other book of the Bible that I could only have, like stranded on a desert island, you can't have the whole Bible, you can only get one book, I would be hard-pressed, but it would be between Isaiah and Ephesians. I think I might go with Isaiah only because it's a lot longer, and I wouldn't get, you know... Well, you just changed the whole game. Like, I'm on an island, I only get one book? One book. Okay, I would probably have to pick John. John. Yeah. Oh, which is sweet because, you know, when John wrote the book of Revelation, he was alone on an island. island. Yeah. And that book got weird. So I'm not going to pick that book. (laughs) It's a great book. And I know the ending, but I'm just saying. 
Yeah, it is a little weird, the book of Revelation. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, but did you know, on a side note, the book of Revelation in Revelation 1, I think it's verse 3, says, blessed is those who read these words out loud. So mm-hmm. if you're looking for a little extra blessing, maybe go read it out loud. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's a lot, though, too, yeah. but it's good. I do hear, and I think maybe you've said this before, um, people who read the Bible out loud, out loud in their home. Mm. I think there is something to that. I don't do it, but I should start. Yes. I do love to read the Bible out loud in my house. Mm -hmm. And I do think that there is something beautiful about that. And I think that it speaks volumes to um, just, you know, the freedom of releasing truth and Mm. proclaiming truth in our houses. So That just made me think of something really cool. So that could be, um, you know, we're doing this business coaching, mentoring um, for Saver Ministries, as we've shared on here. I think we shared it on here, didn't we? I think we have. Okay. (laughs) If not, hey, hey. Hey. Um, But, you know, just trying to figure out how we can serve people better. And that could be a really cool challenge because she was just teaching us yesterday on, like on Instagram. Yeah. uh, The Instagram, because that's how Stacy and I approach the social media. (laughs) Yes. We're, we're, that's just where we are with social media. Um, a challenge and we could put like what scripture we're reading to read in our home out loud for that day or week. That would be cool. I'm going to, I'm going to ruminate on that. I think you should. I like that. That Sorry, that was a side note. Yeah. You guys are listening to us brainstorm out loud. How does it feel to be inside the brain of Stacey and Suzanne? (laughs) It's wild. Okay. I'm going to get refocused because I am getting us off track. But there is something really cool, I agree, probably, about reading. And I'm going to challenge myself to that. And if, if you want to join along, I will invite you. But yes. So the book of Ephesians, tell us about it. Like, what do we need to know as everyone is starting to going to jump into this with us? All right. Well, first, you've already kind of alluded to this. It's called an epistle. And if you don't know what that means, it's just a fancy word for letter. And it's a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus. And he wrote it um, probably around AD 62. So um, he is nearing the end of his ministry. He is in Rome. He is in prison. And we have some background information on the city of Ephesus. If we look in Acts chapter 20 and um, around that area of the book of Acts, you can kind of see how the Apostle Paul was interacting when he was in Ephesus. He spent a long time ministering in Ephesus, and actually there was even a riot that broke out and all of that. So there is a lot of background about what was happening. And so he's writing this letter to the church. And if I had to kind of sum it up in one or two sentences, which y'all, that's real hard for me. (laughs) But I would say that the Apostle Paul is writing to this church because he can't be with them and he wants them to remember their culture around them at the time was wild and like um, lots and lots of uh, idolatry and worship of pagan gods and a lot of mysticism and spirituality going on. And he writes them this letter and he basically says, Christ is supreme over the entire world. He is the highest power over everything. He is supreme, not just over the church, but over the entire world. And this is how you should live your life because Christ reigns supreme in 
the world. And so that's kind of how I would sum it up. It's basically six chapters. So it's really not that long. And we're going to get into kind of what each chapter is and what the theme of that is. But overall, Christ is supreme over everything. And because of that, this is how you should live your life. Yeah, I think I think that's exciting to think about going into it, because I think a lot of it also just is like Paul, especially in the beginning, trying to just remind them that they're a new creation in Christ, that they have a new identity, Mm -hmm. because I don't think that they were living in that identity. Right. Would you say? Right. And they were used to him being there Mm -hmm. and preaching and teaching to them and encouraging them. And then once he left, he actually tells them, you know, you have to be on guard. As a matter of fact, in Acts, I believe it's in Acts chapter 20, he um, calls the elders of the church at Ephesus. So I'm in Acts chapter 20, starting, I think, around verse 26. And he's calling the elders of the church together from Ephesus. And he says, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among you, your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert, remembering that for three years, I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified." And so I just love that we can go into Acts. And so this is kind of a side note, too. If you are new to reading Scripture and you're reading some of the epistles, it might be really helpful to go into the book of Acts and figure out what was happening in those cities and in those areas. Because a lot of times, like when the Apostle Paul was in Thessalonica, and then he wrote a letter to the Thessalonians when he was in Corinth, and he wrote a letter to the Corinthians after he had been with them. A lot of things that are happening that we see unfold in some of those epistles, we get to get a little bit more background in the book of Acts. And so before you even jump into the book of Ephesians, it might be really helpful to go read this. But I love that he called the elders of the church. First of all, there were elders of the church of Ephesus. And I think that's important. There are people who are called to shepherd the flock. Peter talks about that, like shepherd the flock among you, not exercising dominance, but with great care and compassion. And so the apostle Paul is training up these leaders. And I think that's important for us to recognize because so often we just kind of like will rely on our lead pastor or our spiritual mentor to kind of do everything for us. But a true mentoring discipleship relationship, the mentor or the discipler will say, hey, this is what I want you to do. I commend you to do this in the Lord. And so I love that charge that he's giving them because he knew that there would be people coming in to try and 
twist and distort the truth because what was going on in Ephesus at the time, there was this goddess named Artemis or Artemis, and there was a lot of temple worship going on. And as a matter of fact, I think it's in Acts 19, it talked about how the people in Ephesus would run around screaming, we will worship Artemis, we will praise Artemis forever and ever, Artemis will be worshiped. And so these new believers, these new converts to Christianity were struggling with seeing all of this. How relevant is that for us today? I think it's a theme we see throughout Paul's epistles. Um, You know, it's just, it seems like there's always like somewhere in there, like a warning about false teaching and things that we're falling prey to believe that aren't truth. And so, yeah, that's, it's an everyday thing for believers in every generation. Oh, yeah. And I think we see it all the time. I think that there are all kinds of idols in our culture that are screaming for us to worship them. Obviously, we don't go into our cities where there's a big temple built to some foreign god and people are in the temple worshiping, right? We, we would recognize that immediately. But what are those things in our world that we are kind of manipulated to worship? I think we are manipulated to worship social media. Whether we like it or not, I think some of us are constantly pulled into how many likes did I get? How many followers did I get? How much traction did I get when I posted that idea or that thought on social media? And I think that's a real struggle for us. And I think in the same way that these people are running around and worshiping this false God, the Apostle Paul's reminding them, don't fall into that trap. And I think in our world, we, especially in America, we chase false gods all day long, whether it's our career our job, what our family's going to look like, how successful our children are going to be, what kind of house we're in. And I think we have to step back and remember Christ reigns supreme above all, above all. And because Christ reigns supreme, we are to put our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of our faith. And that is how we should live, not according to what, you know, the world is telling us of what success looks like and how to achieve that success. Yeah. And as you were talking, I just think um, one of the biggest temples that we have built in our culture is the temple of self. Uh, I mean, and we are just um, inundated as individuals in our culture that self should reign supreme. Our thoughts, our feelings, um, what we think, our political beliefs, just everything. And it with no regard to what is true or to what truth tells us. And so I think a good look to Ephesians and to how we should be living um, as um, new creations in Christ. I think that's so true. And that makes me think about when you, th- I mean, I think that's profound, that that's probably the biggest temple that we have built is our temple to self. Because we are told all the time, just be authentic, just be authentic. And I understand what people mean when they say be authentic, like be, don't put on airs, don't try to pretend to be something you're not. But part of my authentic self is not true. It's not accurate. So being authentic and being truth are not the same thing. God's truth is true regardless of my feelings or myself or my thoughts. And I can be authentic 
and wrong at the same time. And I think a lot of us forget that because it does sound right. Yeah, why should I make someone be something they're not? They should just be who they are. Let them be, let them be. And it's like, but if who they are, if their authentic self isn't lining up with God's truth, one of the most loving things we can do is show them God's truth or show myself, allow the Holy Spirit. I mean, I'm not even talking about other people, you know, a lot of times I'm like, I know I'm just very controlling. That's my authentic self. That's who I am. I just like to control things. And if I was in charge and I could control things, everything's going to be better. That may be my authentic self that I'm controlling, but that is wrong. God's truth says, submit to one another out of reverence to Christ. (laughs) That's what God's word tells me to do. Not, hey, Stacey, you go take control of everything just because that's your authentic self. Yeah. And I, I, I relate to that because authentic authenticity is like so important to me. It's like a core value, uh, for me. And I think when I personally, I think this is why we have to start asking people to define their terms. Yes. Like, what do you mean when you say authenticity is most important to you? What I mean is that I'm authentic about my struggle you know, mm-hmm. especially in this kind of role where we talk about uh, faith and we talk about what it looks like to be a Christian woman. I don't ever want anybody to think that means that I've got no struggles and I've got it all figured out. And so I think that's one reason, like, I say authenticity is important to me, but I so understand what you're saying in that authentic it means, if that means to you that you're going to be true to every feeling and thought you have, then you are going to fall. Like, what happened to this temple? Yeah, Uh, actually. What happened to this temple where they worshiped Artemis? Yeah. If you go today, um, you will find it in complete ruins. There's nothing left there. There is a museum there where they did find a couple of statues of Artemis. And, um, but there's really nothing left. But if you read in Acts, you'll see them being like, we'll forever worship this goddess and we'll elevate this goddess. And now we know there's nothing left of that. And I'm not a historian, but I did read. So I don't know if it's accurate. So find out for yourself. Um, <laughs> that's true about everything we say here. Yes. Um, that they tried to rebuild it a couple times and it just never, it yeah. never lasted. And so that's just a a thought about, you know, if we're only going to be true to our own authentic truth and not God's truth, then it might not last. Yeah, it won't. It definitely won't last. And again, it goes back to the fact that Christ is reigning supreme over the entire world. Like he has full authority, not just over my life because I submit to him, but he has control over the entire world. And there is, you know, there there are forces that may come against him, but they, no, he has no rival. He has no equal. There's a song we sang this weekend at our um, conference that we were at, and it said, you know, there is no rival to God. There is, he has no equal. And I think that's the thing that no matter how much we think we are in control of something, that Christ really ultimately is above all. And recognizing that and understanding that just gives me a lot of comfort because what do I know to be true about Christ? I know he laid his life down. He was murdered on a cross to save me, to save you. And that's what I know about cross. That, that's what I know about Christ is that he loves us and he wants good for us. And we don't even know what that is sometimes. 
Yeah, and I find a lot of hope in the fact that we, um, what Paul is saying too, and a lot of this is that we have been made radically new in Christ. So the pressure is off of me to try to be um, my perfect self, yeah. you know, and that like my flesh has to be supreme and I have to be great at everything and authentically great at everything. Um, the pressure is off because in Christ, is how I am made new. That is my new identity. Yeah, it is. And I think that's so important for us to be reminded because in Ephesians chapter one, he tells us who we are in Christ and he lists all of these things. And in Christ, we are forgiven. In Christ, we are redeemed. In Christ, we are chosen. And I think the reason he starts that first chapter of his letter in that way is to remind them that this is who we are in Christ, even when the world around us is saying, maybe we're something else because our feelings will lead us astray. And I'm sure that the Christians in Ephesus were having a really hard time of trying to discern is this really true? Because all of what I'm seeing looks so different, but we go back to being reminded of what Paul is telling them in um, Christ, who they are and what their reality is. And so we'll kind of get into that in the next episode. We're going to really dig into chapter one in the next episode and talk about what are some of those things. What does that mean when he says that we have been redeemed, when we have been forgiven, when we are beloved of God? I think that's something that Maybe we hear sometimes, but we don't understand what that power is that is at work in us when we know that that has been declared the truth over our lives. And so Ephesians chapter 1 is really this declaration of who we are in Christ. I love how Paul starts his epistle, and he starts them all very, very similar. I think maybe all the same. Mm -hmm. But um, so if we think about what we've even said today, like, okay, there's a lot of worshiping Artemis and people are confused. I think there was a lot of immorality going on and disunity, um, which is also a theme in the church, I think, when Paul writes his letters to the different uh, people. Because if you think about it, when we are unsure of what's truth, unsure of what's belief, then we see disunity, mm -hmm. right? Which is what we see today. You know, everybody thinking they're right and everybody saying this is their truth and this is my truth and that's mm -hmm. why there dis is disunity. But Paul, knowing that all of these things are going on and maybe they're not living their best life in Christ, yes. not their best life, but their best life in Christ, he still addresses them and he says, to the saints in Ephesus. Yes. And, and I love that. And I think that's just talking. It goes back to kind of what we talked about on our Savor Short, you know, this idea of justification versus sanctification, that through Christ you have been justified and therefore I'm going to address you in your identity Right. As saints. I know, because I'm sure you've heard the old adage, we're just a sinner saved by grace. Mm -hmm. And there was a time when I was dead in my trespasses and I was hostile and I was an enemy to God, but I am a new creation in Christ and I have been declared holy and blameless. So therefore I am not a sinner saved by grace. I am a saint. And that is exactly how the Apostle Paul, he never says, to the sinners at Ephesus. To the sinners saved by grace in Ephesus. <laughs> yes, he does. He, he wants them to know their identity, so he addresses them yes. in their identity. Yes. I mean, think about when someone knows your name that you're like unexpected. Like maybe when you were in high school, the crush you had like knew your name. 
Yeah. I mean, that's a really cool feeling. And so to be, for someone to know you, Mm -hmm. and he's saying, I know you, you're a saint in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Which is pretty powerful. And I really think somebody needed to hear that today. I think there is a woman listening today that really needed to have that light bulb in her mind Mm -hmm. go off that, oh, I am not who I was. I am a new creation in Christ and that your past no longer defines you. You are defined by Christ. And he says you have redemption and you have forgiveness and you are beloved. And that is the truth and the reality, whether you're authentically feeling that or not, that is the truth declared by God through the Apostle Paul in the book of Ephesus. And that's how it gets us started. And so we're going to go through each of the chapters. There's six chapters. And it, you know, I love how he starts with this kind of high Christology, like this high view of Christ and what that means for us. And then I love the part of Ephesians that gets into the practical nitty gritty. I am a practical girl. Mm -hmm. Like, tell me what to do. And he says, wives, you should do this, and husbands, you should do this. I mean, he's very practical in this book. And then he sums the entire book of Ephesians up in chapter six with what I can always, I can't think about chapter six without thinking about Suzanne. Well, that was because it was my very first message I ever gave was on spiritual. That in itself is funny to me that the very first message I ever taught was about spiritual warfare of all things. I mean, that's a that's a heavy hitting topic, um, but that's how it goes when you sign up to do ministry with Stacy. So just beware <laughs> if you're ever asked. <laughs> um, but yeah, the armor of God—it's such a great chapter. Yes, I'm excited to get into this with everybody. So what? Are, so what are we gonna do going in? Are we just gonna talk about the first chapter specifically? You think next time? Yeah, that okay. is what we're gonna do. Um, so for homework, if you want a little homework, we'll give you your savor moment. Uh, so I would encourage you to read Acts 19, Acts 20, and just kind of see what was happening in Ephesus. That's before Paul wrote the letter. And then if you're feeling like you really want to keep going, read Ephesians chapter one. But I want you to just slow down a second before you get into Ephesians chapter one. And I want you to pause and I want you to pray. And I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to enlighten your eyes to see the riches of the inheritance that you have been given in the saints in Christ Jesus. And I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to open your eyes and ask him to have that scripture come alive for you. And because I think some of us are like, well, I read the Bible and it doesn't do anything for me. I've read the Bible and I don't, I don't feel anything. And so I would just say, if you're in that boat, sit, pause, pray and ask the Holy Spirit because scripture tells us that it's the Holy Spirit that illuminates the word of God to us. It's like the Holy Spirit is that light bulb. I don't know about you guys, but when I'm reading my Bible early in the morning, first of all, I have really bad eyesight. So um, I have to have a reading light to just brighten it, to help me see it a little bit clearer. I can read it without the reading light in the morning, but it's not nearly as clear. And so that Holy Spirit of God is in us and he is designed to help us illuminate. He illuminates the word of God for us. So before you get into reading Ephesians chapter one, 
just ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate the Word of God to you so that it can become alive and active in your heart. So, because we're going to take you over the next three or four episodes, we're going to take you through some things that the Lord has shown us in the book of Ephesians and kind of how to read it and understand it. But ladies, y'all have the Holy Spirit and he wants to teach you. He doesn't always just want you to listen to what Stacy and Suzanne Amen. says. He wants to teach you. You have the mind of Christ and you have that Holy Spirit inside of you that can make the word of God illuminated in your life. And we would love to hear from you as you are um, reading and sharing that. So for your savor moment, Read a little bit of background in Acts, read Ephesians 1, and because this is just kind of an introduction, we want to give you an appetizer recipe that you can share with someone else. So it's one that I kind of just made up on my own. A lot of times I like copy other recipes, but this one I just kind of made up on my own. I think they're called Pepidou peppers. Is that what we said they're called? Something like that. It looks like Pepidou. Yes. Um, so it's basically these tangy, sweet peppers and you're going to mix them with um, apricot jam and you're going to blend all of that up with a little bit of red pepper flakes if you like it spicy like I do. Suzanne's like no. I'm going to leave those out. (laughs) I said she said are those peppers spicy? I said no and she's like I think so. I said they're sweet and tangy. She was like tangy is spicy. Tangy can mean spicy for sure. (laughs) So you're going to mix that together and then you're going to take some goat cheese that's at room temperature. You're going to spread the goat cheese in just a little small round oven proof uh, dish. And then you're going to pour this pepper mixture over the top of it. And you're going to broil it for about three to four minutes um, and just let it get really crispy. Be careful because it's wicked, wicked, wicked hot when you pull it out. So be very careful. And then just serve it alongside some toasted pita chips. And as you're savoring that amazing creamy goat cheese with the tangy peppers and the sweet apricots, And all of that's blended together. Reflect on the goodness of God as represented in the fullness of Christ. Mm, That sounds delicious. I know I'm hungry now. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you guys so much for being with us today on this episode of the Savor Podcast. We look forward to doing life with you guys. If you have not had an opportunity to join our Facebook group, join us at Savor Community. You can sign up. It's a private Facebook group. We share all kinds of recipes and life together and pray for each other. We would love for you to be a part of that and come over and join that. Uh, If you're not already following us on social media, we're posting on Instagram and Facebook all the time because we exist to serve you and to equip you in your relationship with Christ so that he can be glorified above all else. Thank you for being with us today here at Savor. This podcast is a ministry of Crosstown Church. For information about SOAR Women's Ministry or Crosstown Church, please visit crosstownchurch.com or download the Crosstown app. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please remember to like, subscribe, or leave a review. This helps people find us.